Hello there and welcome to Cenophiles. This is our first B-Sides episode. And with me as always is the big dog to my big John, big match John, my head of the head of the, the, head of the table to my 16-time world champion. How are you doing, Mike Andronico? I'm doing pretty good. Went to Vegas and, and got this fancy John Cena hat. Uh, took a few other things back with me too. Um, but uh, very excited to talk about our SummerSlam experience uh, and all the wonderful things we did in beautiful Las Vegas. Yes, that is right, folks. We actually went to Las Vegas, and this is not going to be your average episode of Cenophiles because this time his performance wasn't, well, it was on camera for some people. It, you can you can stream it now if you'd like. It was it was a performance. You could have seen it in theaters. Yes, people <laughs> actually do this. Um, I think I know. I think Jordan, that guy Jordan, I know who is a nice dude. Um, he, I believe, went to a theater to see it. More power to him. Um, but we are here as always to talk about the cinema. The, well, no, we're here just actually to talk about. Las Vegas and pro wrestling. The cinematic career of John Cena is being put on hold until next weekend. I believe yeah, we, we did, you know, we did watch John Cena perform and we, we will be evaluating. Oh, yeah. That. Um, it fits yeah, into the cadence. <laughs> yeah, this will very much be a, a chill kind of laid back recap of uh, everything we did last weekend. Pretty much. If you are excited, though, for um, another episode about John Cena's movie and acting career, I believe Saturday at around noon Eastern, um, we will be joined by Lil Scoops herself, Caitlin McGarry, will be joining us to talk about Vacation Friends, which you can watch on Hulu right now. I think I'm watching it tonight um, because it's because John Cena had another movie in the tank this year. He had three movies in one year. Very productive year. Been, uh, the summer of Cena is a real thing. It just barely in WWE, really. Um, it, it's not just... Okay, um, Mike, you're sounding a little weird there for a second. You talk again? Yeah, uh, you you're better now? now. You're better now. Having some technical issues as we as we do sometimes. Um, the internet sometimes it slows down. Yeah, it's it, it's a thing. But yeah, today we are a travel and wrestling podcast. Um, what was it like to sit next to me on a flight, Mike? How terrible was it? Uh, it wasn't terrible at all. I mean, I didn't. It was totally chill, totally fun. I feel like you and I both kind of just did our own thing. We got the we got the JetBlue even more space seats, so I was pretty comfortable. Um, we yeah, still had cool. the terrible Wi-Fi um, that was almost not even worth trying. Yeah, plain. I mean, plain Wi-Fi. It's I don't know why they bother because it never really works properly. But uh, no, I thought the fl the flight was cool. You know, you and I got to uh, got to fly out out of Newark together on Thursday morning and. Um, Pretty uneventful, relaxed flight. I was hanging out, listening to my music, list, probably listened to a few wrestling podcasts because that's who I am. Um, played some Switch, closed my eyes for a bit. I watched you watch TV on your iPad and, and fall asleep a few times, so that was mm -hmm. cool. Um, that was, it was a good flight, all things considered. I am finally getting into Better Call Saul, or at least trying to. Um, but first up... Um, I'm trying to remember, Mike, um, the the big Vegas meal was our second night. But did we do anything for food before we went to see Grap House? Oh, we sure did. We went to Major Domo that night. No, no, no. Major Domo was... Um, 
Major Domo was Thursday night. Oh, you're right. It was. Yeah, I keep we... thinking Major Domo was before GCW, but GCW no, we... had the tie place. Yeah, so, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, Major Domo is a thing that I only really knew about because of Instagram. And if you know anything about things you see advertised or show up in your feed on Instagram, it's beautiful and unrealistic. But um, <laughs> that wasn't the case. Which sub- this time. Subs up. This subs up the food we ate. Honestly, I still can't. It still all feels like a fever dream. Yeah, I had a sloppy steak, um, which was really beautiful. Um, you had a rice cakes dish that was looked out of this world. Yeah, rice cakes and short rib. Some of the best short rib I've ever had in my life. Um, but dessert was really oh, no, no, the main no. event. Before we get to the dessert, we had the best bread I think either of us have Ooh. ever had. In... Yeah, that bread. I could have eaten just that bread with all those different dippings and sauces and toppings as our dinner. Yeah, it was insane. Like, that was just borderline. It was the, the fluffiest, just most savory uh yeah. Best bread I've ever had in my life. There was like a tingly uh, lamb uh, with like uh, some sort of um, yogurt or some sort of white sauce. And then there was um, honey and butter in the other dish. Um, and then the dessert, Mike. Um, if you had to compare that dessert to a wrestling match, what would you call that? What, what, what dessert would that compare to? What match would that compare to? That dessert was like if you did... That was like an Attitude Era triple threat. That was like The Rock versus Triple H versus Stone Cold. No rules, uh, no DQ. Tables, ladders, chairs, why not? Like, just throw everything in there. You're leaving something off. It was an Inferno match because we had (laughs) fresh Krispy Kreme donuts getting the Bananas Foster treatment of the flambe and everything. So Mm. it was like ice cream and donuts and bananas so it didn't feel completely gluttonous there's there was probably fruit. henry is any of this on your instagram still because I, I think i, I have least... like um a, a feed post about it let me yeah. uh let me check this out probably do i couldn't help myself um yes no um yeah uh it uh both the sloppy steak i have and the bananas uh the what was it called um the major, do- it had some very. Was, I think it was just major donuts, right? Major donuts, the, yeah, the major dessert. donuts, major donuts. Everything was just major something. Yeah, uh, and that was I. So the video it, of the bananas flambe part and the photos of the food are in my feed on Instagram, so yeah, you can so see the preparation, check, table side preparation. Um, check that out if you want to be very hungry. Yeah, and if you're going to go to Vegas anytime soon, um, two things. Get that meal, and two, wear a mask, because everybody else there does. And it was really nice yes. to see. Unless you go to a wrestling show, and then you're going to be like one person at every show that you just keep seeing them. Like, they didn't put it on this entire... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, uh, we had that great meal. Some nice little cocktails with that. Um, and then we were off to our first show. And, Mike, have you ever been to a wrestling show in a mall before? I have not. That was definitely a first. Uh, I've gone to many a great indie show with you, mostly at Laboom, RIP. Hopefully it'll be back. But uh, yeah, this this as far as indie shows go, this is about as indie as it gets. Because Henry and I pulled up to the Boulevard Mall, uh, which you pro- maybe know if you're from Vegas. If you if you're not, you definitely don't. Complete middle of nowhere, most random. You know, straight out of like Night of the Living Dead. The the mall feels plucked out of the 80s, 90s. And uh, it took place at a facility called, uh, I think, Versus Pro Studios, which wasn't even really advertised on the directory. 
So me and Henry are just walking around the wall winging it when we see a train. A literal train driving around the mall, sort of like a go-kart. There was a, a person driving it, and there you could, I guess, pay to ride it, or maybe it was free. I don't know. There were, like, but little were kids inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like an attraction in the mall. You could you could sit on this little train, and someone will drive you around the mall in a miniature train. So, funny enough, we, we just kind of decided to follow that, because why not? And that led us to Versus Pro Studios. Uh, so, sometimes, you know, if you see a... If you see a mysterious miniature train in the mall, just follow it. It'll probably take you somewhere good. If it looks like it's in an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, you might not die if you follow it. Like, it's very yeah, much... Yeah, we, we took the risk and it worked out. But, um, yeah, Grab House, what a cool experience. I, I believe this was their first show. Yep. Obviously, a lot of, like, great indie talent from the area and beyond that that some, some of whom I was familiar with. A lot of people, most of the people were new to me. Um, and they just did an incredible job um the matches were great the uh they we got a bunch of free energy drinks shout out to rain energy uh not a sponsor nope not a sponsor of ours we i definitely needed that because that was our first day in vegas we were awake for like probably 20 hours at that point um but it was just to set the section it's like in a what you could have thought was like the size of an fye or like every average mall store they put a wrestling yes. show on in there with a full-sized ring and everything. And, like, I think the first thing I have to note is that, like, this was not your average show. Because something that we, we were told later, this is sort of a West Coast tradition than an East Coast tradition. But um, the commentary team, led by Jody the Wrestler, was on the house PA on their microphones. Which... Jody, Jody and his commentary uh, partner called some spots, but it was a lot of just like color, like a lot of just getting riffs in and getting like, like bits in. And it was just, this is stuff that, yeah, it would not fly on national TV. It was very, very specific to the type of show we were at. And Jody did an incredible job. Also shout out to him and the whole uh, S4 TV crew for putting the whole show together. But that, yeah. To Henry's point, that added so much to the ambiance of that show. Hearing the commentary, it was so loose, so fun, so ridiculous. Um, and it yeah, helps, it, it like, matched. it helps make the show less sterile. Like, I think a lot yeah. of indie wrestling can sometimes feel like, oh, creak of the ring, bounce mm-hmm. of a body off the ropes, slam of the yep. body onto the... And, like, maybe if you're lucky, you have somebody who talks a lot, like, we'll get to, and you can see the little two faces below us um, if you're watching the video. Um, but like this really added the flavor to it and like it really, especially I, I'll say it again. I'll say, I'll reiterate what Mike said. Like we needed all the help, like, cause it's long day and I think we're tired. Like, I think it helps you stay engaged with the show mm-hmm. if you can hear the commentary. Um, what was, do you have any standout moments or matches from the show? Uh, yeah, I really, uh, there were so many, but I, I really enjoyed watching Nick Wayne, I forget off the top who his opponent was. Um, He's like 16 years old. He also wrestled at GCW the next night. So impressive. Uh, So athletic. Um, Obviously, uh, I loved watching uh, Sandra Moon. Yep. I think she killed it. Uh, And the main event was great with uh, Adriel Noctis and MV Young and you know, crowning Adriel the first Grab House champion. It was a really cool emotional moment. Seemed like it seemed like a big moment for you know local Vegas wrestling. What was happening there? So that was all cool. And then just like the little things, like we sat next to, uh, well, to my right, uh, I, I was, we were sitting next to a mom and her like older son that she was with. 
and it was so cool because like you could tell she's just like a veteran of these shows and she she's like brings them all the time and it was all about it but even so she would get so like frazzled anytime the action was possibly coming near us which it did on several occasions oh yeah it's an indie show <laughs> the, the the wrestlers are going to come curling towards you which we'll get, <laughs> which is which we have, yeah <laughs> which we'll get to later on we talk about GCW. oh yeah we will um, um but, but the, yeah, we like, were warned though before yeah. the card started by the excellent ring announcer jay rose who i owe some gifts to but um jay rose said if they're coming towards you they if you think they're coming towards you they are get out of the way and like yes. jay rose just brought some great energy to that show and uh i think one of the matches i liked a lot was um the tag team match which was like kind of a styles clashing situation if you will of dark chic and dana lynn uh that's spelled mm-hmm. d-a-e-n-a lynn versus Bryn thorne and alice blair uh dark chic has uh their own aesthetic dana lynn is a, a very like fan favorite like white neat baby face and Bryn and Bla- uh, thorne and blair were sort of like more like i don't want to say goth but like the hipsters of the match kind of and mm-hmm. that match was really fun and i just thought that um just, it, was, it was really nice to see, like, because Dark Sheik and Danilin didn't seem to be like, oh, they're most, like, seemingly, oh, these are two people with completely different personalities, like the way WWE likes to make tag teams. Like, it was almost that, but they gelled really well together. And, like, the whole show was great. Um, I also thought we, we got a lot of great uh, big, beefy men slapping beef matches, um, mm-hmm. including um, the the man himself, Juicy Finale, looked great mm-hmm. on that show. Yeah. Um, he that just, was the uh, that was the scramble match, right? Was that a big battle? I think right yeah. Out? I think I think Juicy was in the scramble. Like there was like there was another yeah. like one one. The Mikey Banter was in that match. The one one match. Um, oh, with uh, Papa. Uh, I'm having trouble Papa finding Yassis, a card. Yeah, yeah, I think that's correct. That um, was a highlight for sure. Great match. Yeah, really good show. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, they just announced stuff in. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a really fun show, and I got to meet um, Felix there. Uh, he ate Frisco Flame, and um, the one of the coolest things about this show, though, Mike, what was the thing that nobody would know if they were watching from home? What was like? What's the Easter egg for the live crowd? Do you remember the really fun little uh, bonus that we had? The Easter egg for the live crowd. God, I don't remember. Oh well, no. This this you might have seen. Well, on Twitch, one person but... you might have seen on. You might have heard somebody on Twitch, but. Well, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, Henry. But uh, you know, obviously GCW was in town, and it turned out a lot of those guys were at Grab House. Uh, probably, obviously, friends with some of the wrestlers there, maybe scouting some talent. So you casually just see you see Effie come out. He ends up doing some commentary. You see Ricky Morton <laughs> hanging out, <laughs> Hall of Famer Ricky Morton just hanging out uh, in the back of this tiny mall shop watching a tiny indie wrestling show. I thought it was so cool. Uh, Brett Lauderdale, the you know, head of GCW, is there. So. Jimmy Lloyd, yeah, like was, it was a yeah. bunch of like, and also blonde Effie, blonde variant Effie, uh, deluxe yeah. limited edition. Um, it was a really nice like thing to see. Like okay. The community is watching the because Nick Wayne was on the next day's card and like as as was Dark Sheet. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um. And you no, know, I just thought it was like a really great way to start the weekend. Like it was a really nice little. This is a, an up and coming promotion. Literally their first show, and they their next show is going to be on August 29th. If you're in Vegas, it's going to be at the Alley on 1031 Fremont Street. It's uh, called Scary Hours. Um, 
and there might be a uh, costume October 29th, right? October 29th. What did I say? Okay. August, which is today. <laughs> Woo, boy. October 29th. Listen, we're, still, we're still at Vegas Brain right now. Yeah, we're still okay. in Vegas Brain. Uh, but October 29th is Scary Hours. Um, bring your costumes, tricks, treats, and party from 7 p.m. until the clock strikes midnight. Um, that is what's going on with Graph House Presents Scary Talk. And um, right now, uh, speaking of independent wrestling, um, if you look at what Tiger Driver 9X is doing, um, the wrestlers and talent that we're going to be working on, Polyam Woodstock, uh, were screwed by the police yesterday, and uh, they could all use your support. And I think Tiger Driver 9X is doing a phenomenal job. Shouts to our guest Chris from last episode, um, who is just... Uh, he'll he'll if he ever sees this he's gonna just he's gonna say I he's not gonna take this compliment but a pillar of the community if ever there was always raising funds and in, in like I think like every like third or second on sale he puts up it's like for he's supporting a charity like you love to see it yeah yeah shout out to Tiger Driver um and you might see the Tiger Driver flag on the uh, feed from Grab House because that was me uh, waving it in the air. Um, which I did later on, and we're going to get to that in a second. But, um, Mike, uh, if you ever go to see a wrestling show in the Boulevard Mall, what should you know before you, uh... You should know that, uh, if you stay at the Boulevard Mall past a certain hour, you may not get out, as we learned after Grab House. Grab House wraps up, I don't know, maybe somewhere between 10, 10.30, 11, something like that. Uh, and we're making our way back to the front entrance of the mall, only to see that they the doors are chained shut, and the other doors are straight up locked. So we are locked in a mall, and I immediately, in my head, I'm just picturing the most hilarious, like, horror comedy wrestling movie where a mall gets invaded by zombies. The wrestlers have to kill the zombies using wrestling moves. Uh, luckily, it didn't get to that point, but we spent a good chunk of time wandering that mall uh, luckily, everyone else had the same predicaments. So we were all kind of traveling in a pack. Henry had some great Instagram stories documenting it all. Um, We'd already called finally... the Lyft or Uber, and yeah, like so you're Uber, talking to the yeah. driver, going, trying to explain it to him. Yeah, our our Uber was already on the way. So, long story short, we had to, we, fi- we found this one entrance that was open all the way in the back. We made this complete roundabout to finally get to the front. So, I thought that was such a hilarious end cap to a very very fun-filled and jam-packed day uh, that we're really all over the place. We landed in Vegas, went to the fanciest Vegas restaurant, and then did the complete opposite, went to yep. a, a tiny indie show in a, in a random mall, got stuck there, but I wouldn't trade a thing. It was totally worth it. Excellent yep. day one. Yep. And that was followed up by, well, a little pool time to recuperate. But after that, yes. we went to downtown Vegas, Mike, and I got to tell everybody at home, lay tie in downtown Vegas, I don't yes. want to. I don't want to send the entire Cenophiles army there. I don't want to blow up their <laughs> spot, but like, uh, yeah, get that spiked Thai iced tea. It's uh, yes, lay Thai. That was probably my favorite meal of the week. Shout out to Caitlin for for the suggestion. Um, yeah, we had excellent wings, excellent uh, noodles. We I think we both had uh, pad kimau. Um, pad cu. Pad CU, rewrite, And right. I got um, it with a spiciness of four, and the waiter was like, are you sure? And I, I almost was like, do you even hot ones, bruh? Did you like, did you regret that choice at any point? Did it feel, how spicy It wasn't it excessively spicy, but it was spicy. It was like, I, I thought to myself, if I had gone to five, I might have felt like I had made a mistake, but I also was curious what five would have been like. I was, like, going through that in my head the whole time, but it was really good, um... 
just like a really good meal and uh weekday happy hour deal was just like a really good especially after we didn't say it but major domo is expensive um yeah it was a vegas restaurant like yeah like yeah. strip restaurant yeah. yeah it was in um diana palazzo um so yeah it was uh <laughs> That's where it was. So we were off the strip. We were in downtown Vegas. And I really want to spend more time in downtown Vegas next time I go back. Same. It's such a different vibe from the strip. I mean, it's, it, it feels more like a traditional city. It's much more. You can walk around, stumble into a random bar. There's this, I don't even know how you describe it, but that kind of like that concourse area where we had the, the big LED thing above us. And there are all the different shops and people zip lining. It was like a weird mix of like a night market and an amusement park and weed shops galore. It was it was an experience for T- sure. Yeah, CBD weed well, shops we, galore. We, but it was like the asterisk. Thunderdome. Yeah. It was like the Thunderdome, the street, that LED yeah. sign above us. It really felt weird in that way. But um, yeah, no, it was like a very funny and fun little time. And once we figured out they were zip wires above us, we were both like, nah, <laughs> not doing that. Nope. Um but yeah, so obviously the reason we were in downtown Vegas was for the big GCW show, GCW Off the Rails. Um, for those unfamiliar, I, I think it's safe to say they're one of the bigger indie wrestling promotions out there. Uh, they've got some great talent. They've got some really big names. And uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite wrestling show of the week because it was the perfect middle ground of it was an indie show, but it was still you know a lot of big names, pretty really big good personalities. Venue. Yeah, big personality. Venue was great. They had a nice outdoor area with merch. And most importantly, they were selling White Claw, which made me very happy. Um, yeah, and God, there's there's so much to talk about from this one show. Uh, I, I'm i not even sure where to start. I know but, where to uh, start. We, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the night wasn't GCW's night. Even though Friday Night SmackDown was on, it wasn't WWE's oh, night. Yes. Right. When we were yeah. waiting online... We spent sort of, I spent some of the day trying to figure out, and shouts to Sam, I believe, she helped me figure this out. The TNT app offered both an East Coast stream and a West Coast stream, if you could connect your cable provider to it. And you could also watch on Sling, because we're out West, and it's Pacific Time Zone. And we were really curious about watching this um, little show. I think some people tuned in. I'm not sure what the ratings were like. Um, nobody's written about that though. Um, it was called the last dance AEW rampage. Sorry. The first dance, dance, the first dance. And, um, that was because we were, so after we get dinner and we're walking around, we got on this line for GCW, but then at a certain point, everybody got their phone out and was watching, uh, GC, um, AEW rampage off, uh, the last (laughs) AEW rampage, the first dance on their phones to watch the return of CM Punk. And like, I don't even remember what people were saying. Like, I remember one guy goes, he's actually there. Like there were people who like some people, somebody said recently, like people have been so gaslit by WWE over the years that we don't believe. I think it was Chris on the Tiger Driver podcast. Um, We've been so messed with by WWE over the years that even if, AEW can basically tell us without telling us that Punk is going to be there. People aren't going to believe it until it actually happens. And then it yeah. did. And it he walks did. out. Open the show. Yep. He just walks out and it was just like, okay. And everybody just, I'm like ear to the phone trying to listen. And it was just like, that's what, sort of when they started to let people in. And it was this nice yeah. little moment. 
it was cool to share that with people other people in line because we're all doing the same thing we're all we're all marks <laughs> we're all you know we're, we're about to go to this indie show but we all want to see cm punk so um that was cool to experience kind of with other people in real time as we're all watching our phones it was cool for me because i kind of missed the punk era so that when i got home later on that kind of spurred me to, to catch up and watch a lot of old matches and old podcasts but uh yeah, that was a hell of a way to, to kick off what would be a, a pretty big night in wrestling because um, from top to bottom, that, that GCW event was great. Uh, very early on, we got to see the Deathmatch death King himself. Not Nick Gage, uh, but the GCW, <laughs> cha- but the GCW chant, uh, champ. You're going to uh, get Matt stabbed Cardona. with a pizza cutter for saying that. I know. I would think I was like the one person in that crowd cheering for him. But uh, that, was, that was a great shtick. He came out dressed like uh, ECW era Vince McMahon the black do-rag the all-black get-up and it was a really funny moment because it was it was obviously staged but uh he's been doing this open challenge thing and he called out what seems like a random bystander uh this this large fellow named sam and uh yeah it was the you know at first it seemed like a bit he was just gonna beat up this random person and walk out but no it turned out sam could wrestle and they had like a little bit of a match before eventually uh cardona put him away so i, I thought that was pretty cool and uh that had to feel cool for for sam who got to uh yeah got to share the ring with a with a world champion yeah um the match went a total of five minutes 51 seconds over the the legends over at cage match um and it was just like a really nice short like the great thing on this show is like the longest match is your six uh three on three main event hardcore death match which yeah no 18 a little under 19 that makes sense like every match on this show was under 13 yeah under 13 minutes oh no no chris bay two cold scorpio was 1647 mm-hmm. but like this match this show had a really good pacing to it um and you got to see Juventud guerrera fresh off of his um Hoovy, fresh off of his um uh aew dynamite, appear- yeah. Yeah, dynamite appearance in the labors of jericho and um jimmy lloyd dark chic excellent use of a staple gun with money one of my favorite matches it made me win so much but yeah those two those two put on such a great show so much stapling so many dollar bills it was painful but fantastic one point uh you stepped away and then effie and ricky morton fought and effie hit ricky morton with a canadian destroyer which was just sort of like oh no ricky morton hit a canadian destroyer on effie which was insane um jordan oliver and starboy charlie was a very fun like sprint sort of match and then i almost died (laughs) yes oh man so one of the more one of the bigger matches of the night aj gray versus alley catch two you know two gcw staples two former friends i believe um uh who kind of had this feud going and uh you could really tell that they they had been feuding because you know alley catch has her entrance aj gray has his entrance which is a very big like you know it's, it's a very music heavy entrance everyone sings it's, along to yeah it waka flock of flames oh let's do yes. this and he comes out first to that and yeah. no no alley catch came out first and alley catch came out first and aj gray comes out next everybody's singing the song mike and then at a certain point i remembered what j rose said about what happens if uh you think people are coming towards you that if you think somebody's coming towards you and they're a wrestler they are and uh so in like bullet time from the Matrix, I just sort of like jump out of my seat and walk like three persons to the left of me, and Alley catches that point is running off of the 
the apron of the ring mm-hmm. and does a cannonball onto AJ. And it was just like the entire room was like, okay. Because that was the match that's after the intermission, correct? Yes. Yep. That's one way to get the crowd's attention. Yeah, and uh, not, <laughs> and I don't know at what point this happened, but uh, so yeah, so it, it all starts with that initial dive, which like Henry, I kind of saw happening in slow motion. AJ's approaching us, just high-fiving the crowd, um, and then Allie just dives at him, which happens to be right where we were sitting. And then before I saw that happen, and then I'm just kind of scrambling around, like trying to make get some distance. And before I could even look up, I think there was, she dove yet again and was in the crowd again, and then at some point your chair was just broken yeah i i want to go back and rewatch the match like i might pay for the yes. video on demand to be honest um yeah which i am another i'm sure that's somewhere on your instagram as well if you guys want to see the broken chair it's got to be oh yeah no the, i have a photo of the broken chair like it my my name tag is they put your name on your seats at gcw and like it was very funny because i'm like Allie and AJ are both affil- like associated slash affiliated with Tiger Driver in their own ways, and um and Chris and so I'm waving that flag, and I in retrospect I almost felt like I was like, okay, Allie's not running a bull gimmick, but I was like a Tore uh the bullfighter in a way like oh crap I sort of maybe yeah maybe I had it coming to myself um but it, yeah. they had a really good hard fought like lots of good lariats and lots of good like. They really put it through. And then um, we had Chris Bay versus Two Cold Scorpio. That was that was definitely one of my favorite matches of the weekend. Um, especially it was it was a really good... And, and there's parallels, I think, between this and Reigns versus Cena, which we'll talk about. It's like they started the match off very slow with a lot of just fun back and forth, a lot of storytelling, a lot of just showing up their personalities before they really got into it. Um, but yeah, once this match heated up, I mean, these are two, like... You know, two in Chris Bay, probably one of the best, like, high flyers, most athletic dudes wrestling now. Two Cold Scorpio, probably one of the best at that style in his day, and he still has it. Um, so seeing that, uh, it was such a cool match. And, um, yeah, it was cool to see just the, the respect between the two of them. They had a nice little celebration after and mutual show of respect. But, yeah, Two Cold Scorpio, man, still has it after all these years. And it drew a little bit of a uh, some special guests peeping through the back of the arena, supposedly. Um, Austin Creed and uh, some other wrestlers showed mm-hmm. up to witness Two Cold Scorpio live in person. Here's the, secret, here's the secret, guys. Wrestlers are all friends, even if they work for different companies. There well, are WWE this, this, guys we that, to... There are WWE guys that talk to indie guys when no one's looking. Are you going to tell me that like Adam Cole and Britt Baker are friends? Like, wh- I think they've, they've definitely. I think they've exchanged. She came to one of his shows actually. So, I <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but next, Mike, you got to witness, and I'm just going to toss it to you. Um, mm-hmm. The Nick Gage entrance. What was it like in person for the first time? It was yeah. It was every bit of what I expected. Just just to back up for folks. So yeah, the main event was. Uh, Nick, uh, the MDK gang, Nick Gage and uh, Matt Warner, Matthew Justice versus was it four four zero? Is that yep, how you say yep. there? Uh, the the Ohio boys, but uh, you know Nick Gage obviously has been a big name, especially big name this year since his Dark Side of the Ring episode. Legendary deathmatch wrestler has been in the most some of the most iconic and controversial and he violent. He died in a match. Ever. That man died up. in a match. 
straight up died for eight minutes once. And especially, you know, I became, I quickly became a fan after seeing his Dark Side episode earlier this year, and I watched his, uh, you know, him versus Cardona a, f- a few few months back. And um, so I was excited. Yeah, this was going to be uh, my first Nick Gage match in person. So I, I, I sort of knew what to expect, but not totally. And uh, yeah, no, I think it lived up to my to the hype in every way. I mean, he, he has one of the most incredible entrances because there's no one that's as connected to the crowd as he is. Nope. The people swarm him. They basically do a mosh pit. He's hugging, high-fiving left and right. And everyone's, it's such an intense energy uh, where he looks like pissed off as he's high-fiving everyone, but he loves everyone so much. Um, and it was cool. I mean, at one point he was standing right next to me doing his, you know, he was making his yeah. round around the four corners and he was standing right next to us and just everyone just giving him so much love so that was cool i mean it's like i it's one thing to see that on see that on vod and see that on tv but to see the love people have for him in person was crazy almost as crazy as the match we watched um before things got underway i gotta give shout out slash i'm sorry to everyone in 440 because those boys we were standing behind them we were in their corner we were sitting behind them in their corner yeah and they were shirtless, so we saw their bare backs. And you you could tell these guys do this kind of thing a lot because it's just welts and scars and just – it looks like they've been through a lot. So that kind of right away sets the tone for what we were about to see. And, um, yeah, it was a death match, all right? A lot of crazy spots. A lot of um, doors were broken. Glass was broken. Heads were busted open. They had the little um, spikes. The um, there was like neon green little oh, like my God. stabby things that uh, uh, dudes were stabbed. The guys from Four Four H brought a bunch of forks to the ring to use as weapons, oh. which were actually literally mm-hmm. used to stab people in the forehead. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're seeing why we don't do this as a wrestling podcast that often. Um, hi, Marie. Um, so uh, basically, Mike, I had a question for you going into this. Um, what did you expect when you – because you knew it was going to be – because I had sort of said, like, I checked in that, like, the Vegas Athletic Commission didn't have any rules against deathmatches, so we were partying at light tubes and stuff. What did you mm-hmm. expect it would be like to be in a – what was your expectations versus reality when it comes to being at a show with light tubes being used as weapons? Um, I mean, it was exactly what I expected for the most part, although you just can't – seeing the actual brutality of it up close you can't fully prepare for that and 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 just the little things too like we were in the front row and i had never really factored in that shards of those those light tubes are going to come at you so i yeah every time those light tubes broke uh you felt it a little bit you had like a little like yeah there i think there were i saw people walking out fans walking out of the arena with a tiny bit of blood on them which i don't know if that was from one of the wrestlers or that was because they got pricked by a piece of light tube but yeah, that's the part you can't fully prepare for, seeing seeing and hearing it. So there was, you know, the match ended, uh, but there was kind of like a post-match brawl, and there was a really brutal series of light tube spots where Nick Gates was just going to town on that whole crew. And that poor guy, I forgot which one got hit twice. I think it guy, was um, Eric Ryan was the one. Yeah. The, not the one with the nose piercing. Not the big guy, the, Ricky the Shane Page. Gentleman. Yeah, the ball. Yeah. Eric Ryan is the guy who took the most... Oh, like, who? <laughs> Chair, uh, light tube shot directly square onto the head. It was like, with the energy that, like, I want to say, like, Metallica drummers would use to, like, 
that's what Nick Gage brought to that man's forehead with that light tube. And then yeah, just seeing, repeatedly seeing the stabbed. Blood, yeah, just seeing the blood drizzling down his back is just like, holy crap. That was the part where, like, I knew it was coming, but seeing it up close in, in person and, and just hearing it, hearing and feeling and literally feeling the tubes come at you, uh, that's the part I wasn't quite fully ready for. <laughs> but, it was, uh, but no, all things considered, I mean, even being front row for such a crazy show, like, with everything that happened, we still were pretty safe. Uh, they're all, you know, professionals over there and, and put on a fantastic show. And that was probably my favorite, you know, straight up wrestling of the whole weekend. Yeah. And um, after that, um, we almost thought about going out that night, but it was just like, you've had a long day. Like, let's just yeah, get I, I back literally, to... That was, that was the night where I just got back to my room and passed out. Um, but uh, it's a good thing I did because then we wake we... up and it's Saturday, the, the big day. We had to save our energy for this one. This was yes. Like if here's the advice: if you go to Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, don't do what we did. Like maybe pre-reserve and like I don't know how you would guess what the end of the show is, but like find plan your route home, people. Like we ended mm. up doing the longest walk ever to get from the Allegiant Stadium back to the hotel, and that's part of why we need all our energy possible. But also, hope that you're, you don't go to the Allegiant Stadium when they have a blackout on their services using uh, purchases. <laughs> so, we went to a dry pay-per-view, practically. So, before, I just want to give a quick shout-out. Because, yeah, that's, I mean, Saturday was pretty much all SummerSlam. But we did make a quick pit stop at the Moon Palace. Uh, that was our pre-SummerSlam meal. Which, thank God we had that. Because <laughs> uh, we definitely needed the food after what happened at Allegiant. But, uh, yeah, that was like... Uh, Major Domo, like Momofuku's, that's like their slider bar right across from where we had dinner Thursday night. And it was basically like a high-end White Castle. Some really good sliders. Uh, you get chips instead of fries. Those are delicious. Freshly and made, had... like, potato chips that can have, like, spicy or sweet flavor yes. to them. And um, what were those freaking half dips? Pancake pies? Half dips. Half dips. It was I like a moon pie. Moon. It was like a <laughs> moon pie, but, like, it was, yeah. it was like a marshmallow filled potato sandwich sorry marshmallow filled pancake sandwich with chocolate dip on half of it and it was just the right kind of decadent yeah it was excellent so that was a good way to to set the tone um but oh, yeah as and i had said, a giant frozen when i was at the pool because i went to the i found time to go to the pool i got a giant frozen margarita that was like yay and it was like i i that was unfortunately i didn't i was still i wasn't even feeling that when we got to the arena because Traffic was so bad at the arena that we had to walk the last mile to get there. Our Uber driver, like, she straight up, <laughs> she was warning us that it was going to be. I'm like, you should have not taken the whatever. Yeah, it was, it was... But I think we got off. everything worked out. Yeah, we got we made it to Allegiant. That's all that mattered. Um, More than early enough. Like, we had time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't. It's so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll. I, uh, there's a lot, lot to talk about SummerSlam. It was cool. I mean, that was, I think that was, that was my first live WWE pay-per-view. So cool experience for me. And we had pretty good seats and it was, it was cool to just have that big stadium experience. Um, we were close enough to the ring where you could actually watch the match in the ring for the most part. And you still have the Titan Trons above. And uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It's a good thing. It's a good thing we got there early because we were able to at least have, have a few beers before uh, the infamous, um, Wi-Fi incident where everything went down. Well, no, the uh, Wi-Fi we a... was still up. 
it was like their like services on their back end because 5G yes. didn't 5G didn't work for shit at that building. So I had to turn on Wi-Fi to actually get the my phone to post photos, which was hilarious. But um yeah, no, we got there. We're hanging out um just like uh, surrounded by people who are pretty much younger than us except the row behind us was kind of older. But mm -hmm. um the show st we were trying to figure out how do you start the show off? And there's only one way to you gotta go big. Yeah, I wanna go big. Yeah, that was that was a nice surprise. Obviously, uh they didn't really announce this ahead of time, but we got the pre-show match was Big E versus Baron Corbin, which was a delight because I love Big E, one of my favorite wrestlers, and I also love Baron Corbin, who's just <laughs> we'll talk about later, but uh doing the work a, of his such, career right now. Yeah, such such a consistently great heel and, and character performer. Um, so that was a fun way to set the tone. Of course, Big E, for those that have been following WWE, Big E finally got his Money in the Bank briefcase back. Baron Corbin was just even more desolate than ever, and that set up a whole new storyline for him. Uh, but the first proper match of SummerSlam was RK-Bro, uh, Randy Orton, and, and Matt Riddle. Uh, oh, no, it's AJ just Styles. Riddle. Um, they, took the oh, Matt, sorry, sorry. They, they took the Matt away because they don't want to have his lawsuits brought up if somebody Googles the name Matthew Riddle. Um, of course. But yeah, he still he uses that in social media, so who knows? Um Versus AJ Styles and his Colossus Omos. Um, mm -hmm. And wow, the crowd. Like, as, if you look at the rest of the card up and down, like, you have, like, some people who are over as a rover, let's just say. Like, you're some big pops we got later. But the entrance pops for Randy Orton, Riddle, and AJ were j those Those songs are just. Mm -hmm. Those men are over. And, and Riddle. Hate love it or hate it probably had the loudest one. No, no, no. That, that, Orton's was better than Riddle. I think Randy actually, yeah, Randy did, and everyone was singing singing his theme song too, including me, because I'm a big I'm a big Orton Mark. Uh, that was that was one of my highlights, just getting to see Randy in action, getting to see him land the RKO for the finish. We all knew they were gonna win. It was about time that title changed hands, but I thought that was a fun match to to properly set SummerSlam off. And then you had the crowd sort of get deflated with Alexa <laughs> Bliss versus Eva Marie, which involved um, Eva Marie slapping uh, the, the little doll um, Lily. Or did she slap Alexa with Lily? Either way, Alexa won. Yeah. Either way, Alexa won. And Alexa Bliss's whole gimmick still feels like it's just custom made for children and people who are on an FBI watch list. Um, and then this was around the time that I was like, yeah. This is time to go get some food because it's Seamus <laughs> yep. versus Damian Priest, which is like, okay, I want to stick around for Alexa Bliss versus even me for like the cringe what's going to happen factor. Also, I mm. wanted to see Dewdrop turn on like Piper Niven is awesome. And I was really hoping we would get to see her turn on Eva Marie. The match is only three minutes and 50 seconds. Um, yeah. Eva we Marie so, we is sort like, of got, we sort of got that. Though. Yeah. We got that a little bit because Dewdrop celebrates Eva Marie is the loser of the match when she gets in the mic. She grabs her robe and like sashays away. And um, yeah, it was a nice little thing. And then ah, I want a beer. I want some food. I'm hungry. Let's go to the concession stand. Oh, wait. Nobody can sell anything. And it's like, it turns out it was a more than justice building thing. It was like yeah. other stadiums around the country had their point of service sales um, cut off, which is why it wasn't a good idea for everybody to go credit only for uh, sales venues. Um, thanks, Sweet Green, for coming up with that great idea that was basically designed to keep homeless people out of your stores. Um, no, nah, this like this meant that everybody was either going to get free food. 
because if you like these menus don't know what to do like they have all this food they're not gonna like you want to yeah, build I will say it was I, I i we 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 chose a good time to get up there because i think we got to the concession stand right as all that was happening and they were trying to figure everything out and eventually they were like screw it let's give out the food that we made that we have so i think if we got there any later we probably would have missed out on the free food so hey we got free food i had some delicious uh chicken tenders and fries i think yep uh there was also you got a burger um, it was all like the it was a restaurant called fuku burger which is not not yeah. trying to be uh namespace pollution for david chank's fried chicken restaurant uh but no it was a uh, it was a chicken katsu sandwich and then i also got my own fries it was like a weird i was like yeah no i've been waiting here for a while i'm taking one of each uh thing and uh during that time i watched it back on Damien Priest almost killed himself by landing really awkwardly, and he beat Seamus. And uh, even though Priest's entrance didn't get a huge pop, which I think is because the stadium wasn't, the entranceway wasn't designed for maximum visibility. We'll get to yeah. that later. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, also because Damien Priest's entrance music is just generic as hell. Um, like, Seamus will get a pop on his entrance because everybody knows that yeah. dude's song. Dude's song. Um, but yeah, that was the pop for the Damian Priest win, and he seems to be over, and that's doing well. And yeah, then um, I don't remember much about uh, Usos Mysterios. No, it was another Usos Mysterios match. They're always good. Those guys, I mean, four of the best performers out out, out there. Um, and you know, Usos retained as we expected. Mysterios are probably going to split up soon. We, oh, we on Friday, yeah, on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have this whole thing where like, I you need to go on your own now, Dominic. Is like yep. the new thing, and it's weird. And Sami uh, Zayn beat him, and then here we now, get to the moment we... <laughs> that broke the night. Yeah. Oh man, this this was such a weird thing. So I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll I'll set this up, and then you can take it from there, Henry. But basically, so up next was supposed to be the WWE SmackDown Women's Title Match. Uh, it was originally billed as Sasha Banks challenging Bianca Belair. The rematch from WrestleMania, such an incredible match. This was going to be, of course, a great rematch. There were rumblings leading up to things that Sasha wasn't going to make SummerSlam. We didn't totally know why. Was she sick? Was injured? Something else. But uh, they waited until the absolute last minute. I mean, they played the promo package showing the feud. But right as Bianca came out, uh, the announcer said, uh, Sasha Banks is unable to compete tonight. Uh, and taking her place will be... And then Carmella's The most music beautiful hits. woman in WWE, Carm. Like, I love Greg Hamilton. I think he's an excellent ring announcer. But that dude gets yeah. some of the corniest shit to say sometimes. And, like, yeah, so nah, he yeah. announces Carmella. And here's the thing. Carmella's been getting better and better over the last, like, few years. Like, mm -hmm. especially doing some great character work. But also, like, that submission finish of hers, that, like, is a great move. And then... But the crowd wanted what it was advertised. They wanted Bianca versus Sasha. And, and they uh, sold shirts yeah. with the two of them on it. For They're still selling it. shirts for that <laughs> yeah. match. Um, yeah. Card subject to change. Um, WWE uh, reportedly knew about this at least eight days before this match. So it spent a week plus no advertising a match it knew it wasn't going to have. And then... Right as the bell is about to ring for Carmelo versus Bianca. And Bianca looks dejected. Bianca looks sad. Mm. Oh! Becky Lynch's music hits. And right now we had gone from 
the roller coaster is creaking forward without Sasha because mm-hmm. she Sasha was nowhere to be seen on SmackDown. Uh, mm-hmm. Bianca wrestled two matches and won both of them, I think, against Sasha's cronies, and then Carmella was a dip down, and then when like the stock market spiked back up, like it was to the moon that crowd that emotion. Place- that place, I have such a great video on my phone of, because I, I was just, <laughs> I was getting ready to just record the start of the match or, or be ready to record anything that, any surprise that might happen. And you see the exact moment Becky's music hits and you could tell that I jumped up because the video just suddenly jerks around. Um, that was probably the loudest pop of the night. There was maybe, there was one other that was maybe as loud that we'll talk about later. But uh, God, what a, what an, what a moment. So before things got sour it was awesome like becky yeah. Lynch is back we've all been waiting you know she had her child recently we knew she's gonna come back at some point yeah what a great time for her to come back challenge bianca belair like yeah that's a dream match bianca's got this great um, look on her face she's excited she's happy like she's sh- she looks shocked um acting by the way acting um not just for john cena um but yeah and then becky lynch just takes carmella and like whoop out of the ring, whoop, into the stairs, like, I get, yeah, you go from a potential triple threat to a potential dream match, the crowd is get getting it. more hot, the crowd is getting mm-hmm. more live, and she, Becky gets the mic, and she sort of challenges Bianca to a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What about the EST and the man? This is my worst. Great, great impression. impression. Yeah. Spot, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sasha, Bianca takes a moment and it's like, yeah, you know, let's do it. Shake of the hands. And then bell rings and Becky Lynch goes for another handshake. And this is the start of a 20. This is in the middle of a 25 second moment that destroyed like that made everybody else have to work twice as hard afterwards, because yeah. Becky Lynch grabs Bianca, uh, sort of elbow punches Bianca and puts her in the manhandle slam, which is basically a rock bottom, basically a urinagi, and um, one two three. Um, the star of SmackDown, who isn't Roman Reigns, who had been built up really well, like delivering the best white meat babyface promos. Like, Bianca Belair is so good. Has basically been given the Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania treatment. And I don't know what they expected would happen after that. Except for the crowd to half cheer? Yeah, it was was a weird... I I think it started out as a pop because just the sheer shock of it. Just seeing Becky come back and within a minute she was holding the SmackDown Women's title... But then, like, the reality started to set in. We're like, wow, they really did this to Bianca, just like they did this to Kofi about a year and a half ago, or, yeah, almost two years ago. Like, First Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. Yeah, r- ruining these these incredible championship runs just for a cheap pop. Um, just it, because it so WWE is screwed because AEW is taking the weekend, <laughs> and WWE is going to do whatever it can to try to get headlines yeah. when CM Punk is owning everything. But uh, this and wasn't going to yeah. change that. And I felt so conflicted because I'm, a, as Henry knows, I'm a massive Becky Lynch fan, one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, and it was like the elation of seeing her back, but then seeing how they did Bianca, who's who's another one, you know, probably yeah. uh, my, one of my favorites right now. Uh, she did not, yeah, she deserves so much better than that. I'm sure they'll, you know, 
they'll have some kind of they'll you know it's already it's already happening bianca's gonna work her way back i'm sure they'll have a good feud and eventually an actual match but man bianca deserves so much better it really soured becky's return and you could just feel it in the crowd the, the crowd was really deflated after that because the next few matches the crowd was pretty silent granted the next match was ginger mahal versus drew mcintyre so i th think the crowd was gonna be pretty quiet regardless but it was just like whoa we we're all just exhausted and so confused and have so many mixed emotions from what just happened so the next few matches was so well, like, things were pretty silent like let's bit. recap that for a little bit sasha can't wrestle carmella becky carmella's out becky destroys bianca in less than 30 seconds those five things happen in what was probably like a span of a few minutes, it felt like. And it was mm. just, I, I, I gotta say, like, I've been going to WWE big pay-per-views for a while now. And I think it was WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans that sort of taught me, don't ex expect something of the, expect WWE to pull something. Like, it's going to do yeah. something that will basically test the audience's ability to keep going. Yeah. And that's what that was. And then, yeah, um, in the Battle of the Sword versus Jinder, Jinder lost. But Drew's promise to make a huge moment did not happen. There was no stab wounds. There was no Evil Dead-style blood gushing. I was hoping somebody gets some Army of the Dead-style schlock for this. But He tried. He did swing his sword at uh, <laughs> at Jinder's, Jinder's boys towards the end of the match. But, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty quick squash. Play more 1-2-3. And we're done. Shout out to Angela, Drew McIntyre's late mother, who the sword is named after. Mm -hmm. Respect. Um, and then you had um, the match where, for the first third of it, if somebody coughed across the arena, you could hear it. Um, your WWE Raw wins title triple threat match between Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and the defending champion, Nikki A.S.H. And uh, Nikki A.S.H.'s entrance got nothing of a pop. Yeah, it's and it's weird. I, th I think it was a mix of just the crowd being out of it from the Bianca moment, and maybe her not being as over as we thought, or or maybe just the luster of. I think the luster of her being champion was starting to wear off. I think her Money in the Bank moment was was great. It's also a smarky just... crowd. It's a crowd that like it's the summer the big the big WWE pay per view crowds are like the hardcorest fans who might be like not. Not everybody's bringing their kids. Either maybe a. They want to see the. They want to see the biggest names because I would say Charlotte probably got the best reaction out. Of, Charlotte got the big out of those three women. Charlotte yeah. got the big pop, and also people. So Charlotte, if you don't know, is the bad person in this feud. She is the. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say mean things to you, and they're gonna be corrected. I'm gonna smile person in this feud, and she basically was like, you know. I'm going to tap this, like, lovable... Nikki A.S.H. is this, like, lovable underdog wannabe superhero who's doing her best and tries her hardest. And Charlotte Flair tapped her ass out in the figure eight, and the crowd popped for the, mm -hmm. for the underdog getting defeated by the but yeah, overdog. I do, I, I, do want, I, I do want to give a shout-out to these three women because I, I thought they put on a really good match, and they had a really tough job of... Yep performing for a crowd that was just kind of upset and getting bored and getting impatient. But I think, I think the crowd started to come to life towards the end, yep. as you said, like, especially it, by the finish. Charlotte had a corkscrew moonsault that was just like, okay, yeah, no, we're, we remember who she is. 
But also, mm-hmm. remember, this is the crowd that is not being fed alcohol. Like, this is a crowd that isn't being able to get what it wants. Like, this is a... This was a uh, Murphy's Law, although he's now Buddy Matthews. Um, <laughs> this was a Murphy's Law pay-per-view. Everything that could go wrong practically did. Um, yeah. Also, it was around this time that, like, sort of, like... WWE loves to do the same sort of things that alienate the audiences at the live shows. They had these spotlights that were sort of like at one match they were in somebody else that we knew's eyes, and then they were the spotlights were sort of interfering with our ability to see the match. And they were kept there were turning chance of there were chance of shut that shut turn that light the off lights off, off. Yeah, yeah. And then like they would have um, they would turn on and off the Tron, so you would be harder to like if you want to see the facial expressions of the wrestlers, it would be harder to see it. And it was just like what it, it was what it was but the crowd came back mike the crowd came back for some nostalgia because what do we love more than nostalgia not much not much uh yeah of course we had edge versus seth rollins coming up next one of the most anticipated matches of the night i think we all knew beforehand it was probably going to be a match of of the night and uh yeah edge went full brood bringing back the attitude era gimmick and the music and, and the really goth get up and it was fantastic the and fire the full fire which we yeah, could barely fire. see <laughs> but I, i'm very glad like that was cool to see but i kind of wanted the old music to hit because it's just such a natural pop when you hear you think you know me well that's a good thing because once edge's brood entrance was over he sort of crouched mm-hmm. and um what's that song called mike oh the the what the ultra bridge song or whatever yeah. Whatever it is, that hit. You don't, hit you, no, no, no. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, if you don't, if you're not going to say it, I will. What's it called? Hold on a second. I want to confirm this because it's a song. <laughs> Metalingus. Wait, is, it, is it really called Metalingus? Yeah. Oh I was like, God. wait, I was like, don't you know, I was like, okay. I was like, okay. You would have oh said it. If, yeah. Edge's theme song is called Metalingus. M-E-T-A-L-I-N-G-U-S. And... The facial expression you can see on Mike right now, watch the video version. I got to witness Mike like this at another point during the night, and we won't explain what happened, but when you see Mike experiencing joy and like he's like sort of like laughing and he's like in a ball of laughter, it's the most wholesome, unwholesome thing ever. Um, but it takes a lot to pop this man. Um, but yes, Alter Bridge's Metalingus hit, and. The crowd popped alive, and we knew that it was time for the first of the three big main events. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much. I'm not going to call this match move for move, no. but they broke out everything, and they teased all of Edge's neck trauma, and this match fucked. Bell, bell to bell, the best match of the night. Maybe the best match we saw all weekend. Um, yeah, it's just these are two guys that are always going to put it all out there. Uh, and, and, yeah... So much storytelling in the match, so, such great use of their signature moves. I think my one of my favorite moments was uh, Seth Rollins countering the spear and turning it into a pedigree, which was insane. Um, and yeah, they all put it all out there. Edge got the pin, and Edge incredible, catching Rollins' match. foot in the curb stomp and turning it into a submission. Um, I would say my match of the weekend though was Valter Ilya Dragunov. Um, yeah, and yeah. take over the following night, end of another era. Um, and then we got to have, if that was the best match of the night, we got to have the best emotions of the night next. Because up next, <laughs> so going into this match, Bobby Lashley with MVP, 
versus the returning, aging, lumbering, but still old iconic Gerg. old Bill Gerg. Um, mm-hmm. This was a match for the WWE Championship, and um, the crowd did not actually want to root for the heel and boot and cheer for the babyface. Um, Goldberg is ostensibly the good guy in this match, but he's an old veteran who comes back and demands a title match that he did not earn. Um, and Lashley has been just, aside from like a couple of weeks, we're like, oh, we were, we missed the Hurt Business. Like, Lashley mm-hmm. has been owning Monday Night Raw. Lashley yeah. and MVP have made Monday Night Raw. They carried the company. I would say, of the people who carried the company during the pandemic, it's them, it's Roman, and it's Asuka. Like, yeah. they are... And, and Drew. Drew deserves some Drew, yep. Drew, Drew, during, like, that first half of the pandemic, especially, like, the, what you would call, like, the performance era, like, mm-hmm. era of the pandemic, that was great. But this match starts, and Goldberg just is doing regular-ass wrestling moves. And we're just like, mm-hmm. this man knows how to do these? Like, mm-hmm. we're waiting for Goldberg's five moves to doom. We're waiting for the spear, the jackhammer. And it's just like, oh, this is a pump handle. This is like a power slam. Like, huh? Yeah. But the crowd <laughs> but very, is booing Goldberg. Like, it's and this is this was so like again as as Henry alluded to, like this was such a great moment of like yeah, tech. There's 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 a there's the baby face. There's a heel. But ultimately, the crowd decides who the good guy and the bad guy are because this was such a cathartic moment. I think the combination of this was always going to happen because. We all love Bobby, and no one really wanted to see Goldberg. But I we, think you we, combine uh, that. With- not just that, but we were, I think, we, if you say, by, by me, when I say we, I mean, it's not everybody. But some of us are still booing Goldberg for his politicking to win the WWE champ, the Universal Championship off of The Fiend in that godforsaken yes. match when he's oh. like, I need to have my son see me beat the, which is part of why we hate Goldberg's son. Um, yes. Like, we, like, the Fiend will be Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda will be in full power somewhere else soon. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Impact wants him. Of course they want him. Um, yeah, but like wherever he goes, he will thrive. But I think people still hate Goldberg for that. Some people might still hate Goldberg for crushing Kevin Owens way back when. Like it's not, or, or for the, under, the Undertaker match. Yeah. Well, when There's, he almost mo- murdered the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's countless, there's, but anyway, so yeah. that's all. Yeah, that's that's all important background, and then you combine that with just our everyone's pent up frustration from the night. We're mad about Bianca. Everyone's upset about the not having beer. Like just a lot of pent up things. Yep. I think that's the moment where the crowd just let all of that out because Goldberg was getting his ass absolutely kicked. Bobby was like, you know, he was wor- he was working an injury. Like he was going for kept going for the same leg. And so we didn't notice it because just- Goldberg didn't sell it. I watched this match back. Yeah. At one point, MVP strikes Goldberg's leg on this one, mm-hmm. his right knee, I think, with this cane of his. And, like, Goldberg treats it like a fly just bit him on the leg and then proceeds mm-hmm. to sell it when Lashley attacks it. So that's why I in the crowd didn't realize that there was a cheap shot, like outside interference shot. That's why I didn't get it. But it turns out mm-hmm. that was the story of the match. And then Lashley just keeps hammering that busted knee. And what happened next? Oh, so yeah, Lashley's work on that busted knee. I, I, so I, I forget the exact sequence of events. So was it? Did Lashley? I think the ref stopped the match, right? 
the referee just referee decision called called the match for Lashley um referee's decision and it was just like huh like it at first it looked like Goldberg might have actually been injured like it was such an unexpected moment that like wait is he shoot hurt but then Lashley gets a steel chair and Lashley lets this old man know that this is a no. This is no country for old men. He goes to town on that, and, and we just, are just hollering. We are cheering as if John Cena destroyed a, a little small sick child. Like we are, we are cheering like this is the greatest babyface moment of all. We time. are cheering like we are Goldberg's doctor, thinking on how much money we're going to make <laughs> on that surgery on that knee. We are cheering like we want him to go to the retire. We are cheering like. If Vince McMahon finds out, he doesn't have to pay the remainder of Goldberg's contract. Like it was, the crowd was cheering on the injury of a old man, and it was. And it didn't. It didn't stop there. It was really fun to uh, do. That was cathartic enough, but then you know Goldberg's son Gage, the lesser Gage of of the weekend, decides to attack Bobby Lashley, and Bobby just I think tosses him over his shoulder. Like, like it was hilarious. Grabs Gage and puts him. This is like a fifth, like a high school sophomore, I think. Yeah. Puts this kid in the, his submission move, which is called the Hurt Lock, and he just like is like and waving just, him up and down like a puppet. And we only the crowd only got louder. We are cheering for yep. first. We're cheering for 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 Bobby Lashley just destroying this old man and possibly permanently injuring him. Then we're cheering for him like murdering a teenager. It was such a fun moment, and I think we all needed that at that point in the night. Full Michael Jordan, them kids. Like it was. Yeah. It was really, really an MVP that gets on the mic and goes, hey, 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 we did not. Bobby Lashley, that man came from Gage, came to him from behind. Gage jumped on his shoulders. How was he supposed to know this kid was underage? How? And then so the cameras are Lashley is leaving with the title and Goldberg yells, I will kill you. And it's picked up on the mics really well, which means that this is going to probably be a rematch in Saudi Arabia. And as I just said, when you go to a WWE major show, you expect shenanigans. So we've all got to hope and pray to um, whatever Dark Lords that we do have, um, whether you worship Phoebe Bridgers or Jillian Anderson, pray to your deities that uh, Goldberg will not take the title off of Lashley and that this will move on to something else because uh, if it's a Survivor Series, Lashley Roman would be a pretty fun little match there, and nobody, mm-hmm. nobody needs to see Goldberg versus Roman it, because that would mean because Survivor Series is gonna be in Brooklyn, people, and that's gonna be sort yeah. of the same crowd that you get at SummerSlam. So if you want Goldberg to get booed and Roman Reigns to get cheered, which is not what they want, but will yeah. happen if they do that. Yeah, and don't do but, that. Uh, don't do that. But. Speaking of Roman, uh, this finally brings us to the main event, arguably the, the the main reason we really flew all the way to Vegas and the the, the reason we this podcast exists. Uh, John Cena was about to hit the ring with Roman Reigns. Um, the, the summer of Cena was all culminating to this. The reason and... for the season of the hat on Mike's head. The, yes, we went literally... to bought the full. We went. We went to almost get the full fit. We tried to get the full John Cena kit, but they didn't have the shirts in stock. Yeah, and it, without it, the it shirt, you're not going to buy the armbands. I literally bought this at the the pop up, the WWE pop up at MGM Grand, like earlier that day. Uh, and great hat, super comfortable, love it. Uh, and I get to represent my boy, rising rising indie star and actor John Cena everywhere I go. But uh, yeah, it was time for the main event, and right off the bat. 
uh, one of the coolest things. So, you know, Cena's music hits first. Place absolutely erupts, as it should. And kind of a bittersweet moment because we see John Cena has this whole new... Um, has new gear, has a new logo, very uh, Super Mario Brothers three inspired. You see the you see the John Cena in the Mario font. You see he's wearing a new shirt with basically the cover of that game, but it's Cena instead of Mario. Uh, we would find out later on you could only get that merch as part of an NFT, which is just and it's like a thousand dollars or something like five thousand. Like yeah, it's, it's absurdly <laughs> priced for the marks out there with yeah. the money, and like yeah, I I really hope that whomever has spent that much like. Thank you for enabling a bad company to do bad things. Um, I hope yeah. I hope that you have other stocks at tank. Like it's a bummer. I would have bought that shirt, no questions asked, on the way out. Yeah, but you know, I would have pre-ordered that is. from there. Like I, the reason why I haven't bought the New Day. Okay, we skipped over it, but there was a there was a couple of weird little segments. One where um, King Nakamura came to the ring, played by. Um, uh, Rick, Rick Boogs. Boog. Rick Rick Boogs. Yeah, Rick Boogs. Um, there was no match. It was just like a weird little musical interlude. And there's also um, the Drip duo of Johnny Drip Drip and Mike, Mr. M Mr. M-I-Z. Um, and then and Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods, sprayed them with a giant water gun backpack. And he was wearing an NWO style because he had to raise a Ramon hair gimmick. It was like a New Day Rocks NWO shirt. That was really nice. I would have ordered that shirt mm -hmm. if yeah. I could have bought that John Cena shirt along with it. But... Yeah. Something about the yeah. NFT shit and the fact that, like, I know the price is going to be higher than it should. Like, and I sort of want to just wait for the sale to, if the sales will happen eventually. And I already supported mm -hmm. uh, Austin Creed by buying not one but two decks of the Up, Up, Down, Down Uno uh, Uno set that just came out. Like, I yeah. like it's but, so yeah. we couldn't buy this shirt. It's annoying. Back to the match, Mike, because Roman Reigns' gospel practically hits the heavens open. It's almost like Sephiroth is showing up to destroy Tifa. I mean, Aerith. I loved it. And I love, I love, I mean, it's it's been out for a while, but hearing his new theme in person, I think it's so fitting for his new persona. It's it's so much, so menacing and yeah, so much more intimidating than the S.H.I.E.L.D. theme we've been hearing for like nine years. So, and this was your I, first time seeing, music. this was your first time seeing the big dog live. Yes, it was. First time seeing both of them live. Yeah. But yeah, big, big deal on both fronts. And, um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I think this match really delivered. It gave me exactly what I wanted. You know, this was to tie everything back to Cena Files and just John Cena as a performer. I think this was a great match in terms of storytelling because the build to this match, John Cena's whole shtick was like, I know I'm not better than you. I know I can't kick your ass. All I need to do is pin you. So from the beginning, he kept going for surprise roll-ups, and that was like a key theme of the night. It's like, if I could just sneak in a pin, that's all I need. And they really kept that theme going strong. And then obviously, things heated up uh, later on. We got some actual really great wrestling. Um, but this was a match, and I'm really glad I rewatched it on Peacock. Because so much of what makes these two guys great are just the little things, their mannerisms, the way they talk. Um, and seeing John, like, and Henry, I want, you know, you've been watching John Cena much longer than I have. Is it fair to say that he's in WWE? The way he presents himself in WWE these days, he's a little more, little looser, a little more fun, a little more oh. himself. Yeah, there's. I've, we've had conversations recently with people about how, like, some people have a hard time hiding what they're feeling. You cannot, you know, that John Cena is wrestling this match and having the time of his life, and mm -hmm. he sort of does it in everything. He's accused mm -hmm. of being a little bit too loud with his move calling, but like he did uh, his own ooh -ah 
moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just stuff like that. His shtick is especially layered thickly this past uh, match. Um, he had an avalanche AA that, like, you might have thought could have been it, except if you had been following on television. Because this is the thing that I didn't know going into the match because I hadn't watched mm -hmm. SmackDown. Roman said on SmackDown that if he loses, he would leave the WWE. Yeah, and which and is basically your big yeah. spoiler alert that he's not losing that title. That's that's important to bring up because yeah, even before that, I think we all knew Roman was going to keep the title because you know this felt like this to me felt like John Cena making a limited comeback. It made sense. Suicide Squad just came out. There's some good synergy there. It's just it's a feel good moment for the fans. Have Cena come back for a few weeks, have a great SummerSlam match, and then go do what he has to do. But um, but it really speaks to how great these performers performers are and just like the magic of wrestling especially live because there were those moments where i in those few seconds i believed i believed that john cena was going to get that one two three as henry said the uh, the top rope attitude adjustment um there were a few others where it's like wow i got off got out of my seat and yeah. was counting one two three along with the crowd um and again they're just like the little things like <laughs> watch re-watching yesterday back back to cena just having the time of his life when he hit the aa through the table and on tv you could see he made it it, it took him a second for it to set in and he made this shock expression like oh my god i did that and then he rolls roman back in the ring for the pin yeah uh yeah it was just so many little things like that you know roman the best thing about one of the best things about this new roman reigns is he talks to the camera a lot and he had this really terrifying monologue where he was, he was like hey hey hollywood is this your boy like you thought you could just send him back to WWE? Like, no, he's yours. You, you, WWE doesn't need him anymore. And so many great little, you know, again, this is a film podcast. We are film professional film critics. And um, I think these guys showed a lot of great just little nuance in their performances. Yes, Hobbs and Shaw's Joe and Awai <laughs> um, really kicked some butt here. Um, and interesting note um, from the start of the match, from before everybody walks out, which plays into what happens later, is that when they're entering, it's Roman Reigns, accompanied by Paul Heyman, and behind him, his cousins, the Usos. At one point, Paul Heyman walks up to Roman, and Roman nods his head and maybe says something, but maybe doesn't to Paul. And then after he does that, Paul walks over to the Usos and just basically says, it's time to go to the back. And they leave them out there. And in that moment, Pat McAfee, um, a living legend who is uh, knocked down right now with COVID-19, uh, get Ralph Soon King, um, yeah, well soon. He um, said uh, the head, the tribal chief just told his advisor to let the SmackDown tag team champions know they are not needed. Their their services are appreciated, but not needed. Because on later next on Thursday night on Friday night SmackDown the next week, they're like, "Why did you send us to the back, Paul?" And Paul says, "No, Roman sent you to the back." Because mm -hmm. after that match goes off, basically the greatest. Like, there, there is the meme of a wild John Cena appears. Mm -hmm. It's not real. It is. It, it's too real and visceral almost to be a meme. We got the klaxons from above, at the warning that hell is about to unleash, that Diablo is coming to life, and Brock Lesnar is in the building, returning to the WWE after a long, basically, I think he appeared at the first pandemic WrestleMania to drop the belt to. Where is he now? Um, da Adam, Adam Sure. No, wasn't oh. it? Yeah, Drew McIntyre. No, was... I, Brock, Brock lost to Drew. Uh, WrestleMania, pandemic WrestleMania was Drew versus Brock, I believe. 
and Drew beat him in like five minutes. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I thought, but so who, who was the, wasn't that supposed to be Strowman originally in that match and he dropped out or something? Like, well, we, it was Strowman versus Goldberg. That yeah, weekend. yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we haven't seen Brock Lesnar since the start of the pandemic, and because yep. he had to drop the belt to uh, Drew, and now he is back, and he has a top knot, he has a beard, he is looking like Dean Ambrose swallowed every steroid available, and is the winner of like Dean Ambrose is here, and he is the winner yeah. of the big thick health hunky baby contest from I think you should leave season one episode one. He definitely is a big buff boy, uh, looking like a straight up farmer. But yeah, that was that was a great, that was a really awesome pop to end the night. Uh, after, of course, obviously Roman got the one two three after a very good match, very fun match. And um, yeah, Brock and they did they did what should have happened between Becky and Bianca, and Brock and and Roman just had a stare down, just had a really tense few minutes stare down. There's the added drama of Paul Heyman being there because looking like he's seen a ghost. Yeah, because obviously that was, uh, you know, he was a Heyman guy. Uh, so what's Paul Heyman going to do now when his, his two boys are back? We saw this uh, for years play out, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, and the matches were often not that good, and they were like, because WWE wasn't pulling the trigger on Roman, and it was like, it's funny. Like, we people used to disp- dread another Lesnar-Roman match. Mm-hmm. But now that Roman is the tribal chief, and Lesnar is... The beer, uh, I think Ross Tweddle has the line Bork the Viking. Um, from his, <laughs> like this new Lesnar and this new Roman and the Heyman dynamic is such a fresh remix of what we've already had in the past, and it's so much more entertaining. And like, we're gonna have babyface Brock, this is gonna be yeah. so much. I think he was high fiving people in the crowd on his Maybe way to the ring. With- presumably with no Heyman in his corner. So he's going to have to do the talking. It's going to be very interesting. If he, he does talk, I don't even know. Yeah, if he, he doesn't like, he doesn't have to Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville could do all the, like the perfunctory, like storyline talking, but no, they used to give him the rock, the mic back in his early days. And like, yeah. there's that, I don't know if you've ever seen this. You ever seen when Brock Lesnar and Heath Slater once interacted? No, I don't care about your kids was something that Lesnar said to Slater. And it was like, and F5, it's like, Lesnar has something. He doesn't, Yeah, he can be, if he's a bad guy, but like, if he is the unleashed and unglued, like, backwoodsman that he is, like, nah. I love it, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Give give me baby face, cabin, cabin Brock, I'll take it. Keep the haircut, keep the, like, keep all that look. That look that he and, showed up with at Mania should be yes. what he wrestles in. And then he shows up. Roman leaves. Heyman looks like he's seen a ghost. <laughs> cameras go off. At that point, we're like, okay, let's let's find the bathroom. But then I, we hear some bumping. Because it turned out Lesnar wasn't done. He had to murder John Cena to send him back to his home planet. Because Cena won't be on WWE programming until a dark match at Madison Square Garden where we will see him. Yeah, so just to send just to send the fans home happy, we uh, I think I think uh, Brock hit Cena with a couple F fives or a couple suplexes. Uh, so that's what we you know we heard the hubbub of that. I got we watched the footage after, but yeah. um yeah, still you know all things considered, had a really good time at SummerSlam. A lot of weird things happened both in and you know <laughs> both in the programming and in the arena. But even with all that, uh, definitely glad we went. It was it was cool seeing such a big pay per view in person, especially after just 
not seeing live wrestling for so long. Um, and yeah, that was more or less the trip. I mean, you know, we, we were there a bit longer. Um, like watch takeover. You know, we watched takeover and takeover was a fucking blast. Like that was really good. If you guys haven't seen takeover 36 and you have Peacock, watch that. Uh, yeah. Samoa Joe winning the NXT title again. Good, good capstone to the whole weekend. Karrion um, Cross getting murdered by the crowd at Full Sail before he would get murdered by the internet <laughs> on Raw. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it was uh, just this, to wrap everything up. Um, I thought it was a really great trip. Um, yeah, there were some things that were not so great about it that we, we went. I'll give about, a five but, uh, knuckle shuffles out of five. Like honestly, trip, this was yeah, everything. Yeah. This was no. I mean, I can't do that, Bianca. It, I give it a solid four point five. If we're judging the trip, if we're judging, yeah, if we're judging Cena, Cena versus Reigns, how much of a fraction of the night, like, of the whole, like, okay, let's say Thursday night to Saturday night, is the window that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium that, going tits up, and Bianca getting screwed. I think that's a star out of five. I think that's one star. Like those were such. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, we had a great yeah. trip, yeah. great shows all around. I'd give I'd give the whole experience a, a full five knuckle shuffle. I'd probably give Cena versus Reigns maybe a four, maybe a four point five. Um, but it was you know it was the match I expected. I was very entertained and very just thrilled to, you know, get to see those dudes in person. So, getting to yeah. enjoy the Punk return with random people online at GCW, like yeah, like getting to great meet experience. people in person, like. I got to see yeah, Sarah great. Bain for the Sarah Bastion for the first time and Xenia and like a bunch of other people. Like it was a good time had by all. And you know, as you might've seen on social, not everything is perfect. Yeah. Everything, get your, get your tests, get your vaccines, yeah, wear true. masks. Be very, yes. Be guys. COVID is still a thing. If Get your shots, wear your masks because traveling is still, still a risk. If I am going to be hanging out with you in person and I find out you were not vaccinated, and I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, I'm deleting your number off my phone, banning you on all social media. Like, yeah, no, it's Be it, you will. It's it's a one count for that. It is a one count. Yeah. I don't need. I I, yeah. I can love you or leave you. There's still still a lot of COVID out there, so everybody, please please do your part. Be careful. But um, test up. Yeah, I don't. Even with all that, uh, yeah. it was it was great to travel. It was great to spend the weekend with you, Henry. I'm very much looking forward to how much wrestling we have coming up this fall and maybe we'll we'll do another b-sides to talk about some of that but uh yeah you'll see really, us really at good. um gcw emo fight you'll see us at gcw get lost gets lost a lot um all Pretty sorts much of things you, you, every new york wrestling show coming up we'll, we're probably going to be there so grand slam dynamite uh, like say hi just you know keep your masks on and yeah no. we'll do fist bumps but uh, <laughs> but I, we'll uh i go cassius ono style yeah. or chris i go chris hero style with death by elbow like yeah i actually i've been doing uh, i want to start normalizing like a a, a chest chop as a hello but like full okay contact. walter <laughs> yeah i want to look like Ilya dragunov at the end of every night but uh as long as yeah as long as we're you know we're not having too much contact we're good but yeah that was uh that was our vegas adventure for you guys hope you enjoyed this episode like henry said earlier we will be back next weekend to talk vacation friends the new straight to hulu movie so guys please watch it get caught up so you could listen to our thoughts and join the conversation with us that's going to be a lot of fun and yeah i think that'll probably be it for us for a while 
we might come back for a few B-sides here and there. We, of course, have Peacemaker in, I think, January. So we'll, you know, we'll have a bit of a break, um, which, is, which is good. We'll have time to just uh, yeah. see some wrestling. And, We're out and here for a long time. Things. We're here for a good time. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, we will we will be back next week for Vacation Friends. So it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, check that out, and uh, we can talk about it together in about a week's time. And with that note, you can stream him, and you can stream SummerSlam, and you probably should if you enjoy the pro wrestling, or if you just want to see what we were talking about. Maybe Peacock has a free trial. I don't know it's the weekend. I'm off the clock. Have a good one. Stay safe and be well. And uh, love each other. Bye.